This is the Reflector Reflections podcast. My name is Annie. Join me as we journey around the world, talking with fellow reflectors as they experiment and navigate their unique design. Today's beautiful conversation is with Desiree Clemens. Desiree is a 5-1 reflector and the curator of the Inspired Human Design YouTube and website. She's also the leading lady for the Facebook group Inspiring Reflectors. Through her own spiritual and professional journey, Desiree provides videos and resources to help newcomers to human design discover what the teachings say about them. Welcome, Desiree. Thank you, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. And just want to say, I think this is absolutely wonderful what you're doing and, you know, watching it from, you know, when you first joined the group to, you know, having this evolve to, you know, something that is fantastic. And I truly appreciate it because it's so wonderful connecting with other reflectors and, you know, bringing about more level of awareness, which, you know, I'm all about. Um, So um, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for those kind words. It just made me realize it has been a, um, a very, yeah, when I first joined the group, I suppose I was one of those really lost, you know, people. I was, I was right there. And, and I guess how much it's been eight, 10 months now since I joined that group as a newbie. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Right. <laughs> so I guess on that note, let's, can we talk about you and, and your journey and how you got into human design, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So human design kind of like approached me. I was just laying in bed one night and I was watching Gaia. I don't know if you have that in Australia. Yep. You know what Gaia is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure a lot of reflectors know what Gaia is. And I was watching an interview with Richard Beaumont. You know, he's a human design expert and he was talking about human design. And he said something about reflectors. And immediately in my mind, I was like, he said something like reflectors are weird. They're tied to the, not weird. They're unique. Um, they're rare. And, um, you know, they're tied to the moon. And I thought in my mind, I'm like, I have to be a reflector, right? Because it was just something that I was like, oh, this is me talking about me. And, um, you know, and I went and I like plugged in all my birth details and sure enough, it was like a reflector. And I was like, oh, okay, this is so, you know, this is pretty awesome. And I think already at that time, I was doing a lot of self-inquiry work anyway, and learning a little bit more about like astrology. So, you know, when I came across human design, it was like, it was so unique. Um, what really drawed me to it was more of kind of like the I Ching and kind of like the gates because I already knew somewhat about like Western astrology, a little bit about Vedic astrology. And, um, seeing the the different, I guess, interpretations of like what this was actually saying about me, it was just like so eerily accurate that I was like, okay, well, you know, now I'm hooked. And then I went further, deeper into it, you know, learning about strategy. And you know, I'm I like to consider myself a little bit more of like a left brain reflector. So when he was, when I was listening to Rod talk about, you know, the strategy and the authority and, you know, waiting a lunar cycle, I really wanted to put that to the test because I was like, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit, you know, for like, I was just having this conversation yesterday with another reflector in the chat. Like, you know, we, we were believing human design and we're believing the story that this guy just like heard this voice. He got all this downloaded information. It stayed with him for eight days. Like it has a really unique origin story. And do I, should I believe this? You know, like how delusional was raw? Is this accurate? Like, what is this? So I really put um, everything, you know, and I still do like human design to the test. And like, I practice my strategy and, you know, just learn about, you know, the different concepts and stuff like that. So um, I did that for about a year. 
And then I went back into, and I did like what, you know, a lot of people do. I just typed in Google human design reflectors because I needed the information. I needed more, right? I went to Jovian Archive. I bought like, there's like two videos and like maybe like a lecture or something. Like there wasn't that many resources. So I consumed those really fast. Um, and then I got the, um, you know, I went through like this really long report, which I shared in the reflectors video on my YouTube channel. Um, but that was about a year later. I was like, I'm just gonna make a video for reflectors because I know there's not a lot of resources. When I do a search, nothing's really coming up. And um, yeah, and what's so funny is for the longest time, I'm like, this video is my worst video ever. Like it was terrible. It was, it was somewhat scripted, but a lot of it was just from the top of my head. And then it just really picked up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting like other people that are, you know, talking to me about reflectors. And then it's like, now I'm connecting with reflectors from all over the world. And I got to see, um, you know, just like personal stories and like personal growth and really connect with people that, you know, that are like are similar, like in the same position and stuff, because it's such, it can be life-changing information, you know, if you take it serious and you learn about yourself with the context. So that's a little bit of like my origin story. It just, I was just laying in bed watching, um, you know, TV and uh, yeah, it came across and then I just kind of went further with it. And then, you know, I'm, still doing it so <laughs> you are and this was roughly what about five years ago is that right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so this is about, it was about five years ago that I actually stumbled upon human design mm. and I was I was in a really rough spot like personally I was like staying with my mom as you know and, and really trying to get back on my feet from a move like I moved out of state and then I moved back home and you know I was like pretty much starting from scratch I lost a lot of my belongings and stuff like that so it was a difficult time and I was already like in this existential, just transitionary growth period, you know, of, in my life. And, um, it was, it was so synchronistic and, you know, to have stumbled upon it. It's so, so good. yeah, that was about five years ago. The video was about four, um, three or four. And then, um, yeah, it took a minute before it picked up. Cause at like first I was just really just trying to connect with the reflectors and get as much information. And a lot of them were, you know, I think asking me for like more and I'm like, well, you know, I'm learning this with you guys as well. You know, this wasn't something that, um, you know, I, I approached as like, I'm an expert because I don't consider myself as an expert in human design, but I am a student and, um, you know, I do experiment with it and I do, you know, try my best to be like, you know, that good role model. If I'm like talking about it and I'm telling people that, you know, follow your strategy, just kind of test it and see what happens. I feel like, well, then I need to be doing that as well. So, you know, it's definitely interesting the the group and connecting with all the different reflectors and the input of just you know more like creation you know more YouTube videos and you know doing this and like podcasts is just it's really great it was something that I didn't see coming it was something that I just never thought I just started YouTube because I was bored and then you know it it turned out to be really interesting you know to connect with and I do love that, that you just jumped in and I know how that feels because when I did this, I just jumped in and just thought, well, I'm going to learn this along the way with everybody else. It's, it's a beautiful thing to do because you would know as that five, one, it can be quite daunting to not know it all before jumping in and, and sort of putting yourself out there due to projection. But I love your videos and I love watching how they've evolved. I probably haven't seen the older ones. I've only seen the new ones and they're just I love your style and I love how you speak human design because you're not, you're not just rehashing the textbook. You're really taking it to a personal approach, which is really relatable. So thank you for those. If people 
haven't seen Desiree's videos, I highly recommend you check them out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, the one thing when I approached human design, I knew that I wanted to do something that was just like a little bit unique, but also something that caught my eye. So even though I can have like a mechanical mindset and I love systems, it really wasn't the whole mechanics and, um, you know, like the transits and stuff that actually drew me into it. What really drew me into human design and continuing to study it are like some of these concepts, like um, bigger ones, you know, such as like, you know, no choice or no free will, but the whole the basis of like what human design is built upon is, you know, kind of being like this blueprint of this mechanics of not only our design that is connected with our DNA, because, you know, I think that that scientific part is definitely interesting as well, but it's also, you know, it just doesn't explain the human design, you know, it explains every single interaction. It explains every, like all the past and all the future. And I've kind of, I've always been like a really big geek on prophecy. And if somebody says that, you know, they're, they have information in regards to like something that's going to happen in the future. Like I follow it. I love predictions. I want to know what people are saying. So um, the whole thing with like this upcoming mutation of 2027 is also like something that, you know, kept me into like human design because at this time, you know, human design, it takes seven years for your, you know, your cells to regenerate. And then, you know, because it's about your human design and then you, I'd say more deconditioned, but technically you're supposed to be like fully deconditioned. So I'm still in that seven year mark, but I'm, I'm really anxious to see if there really is going to be, I can already see some, you know, five years, but, you know, seeing then, um, you know, the difference in myself, but this like upcoming mutation in 2027, there is this rumor that floats around the human design community that, um, you know, it, human design is going to kind of shift or the purpose of how relevant human design may be a little bit different. So there's kind of these rumors that it might kind of close in where human design is just kind of obsolete. And then we're kind of, we're just thrown on our own because we're going to more of like an individualistic type living. And then I'm like, well, I got to get this video out for anybody, like all my reflectors that come out before 2027, because if, you know, human design was to go away, I'm like, well, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of like my own, you know what I mean? So um, that was also kind of like a fueling, thing of why I kept it but yeah a lot of the things in human design or why I'm interested in it is really a lot of it is concepts um based but you know also the transits but you know I follow other types of astrology so that kind of wasn't anything of a surprise but it's just it's it's really interesting when you dig really deep and what it's actually pointing you to and I think mm -hmm. that that's what I wanted to approach it as um mm -hmm. you know because when I first started my YouTube channel, it was more of just kind of like a free for all. This is just what I'm going to do. And then kind of niching down or just kind of really focusing on some of more of the, you know, what my viewers want, um, which is the human design. It's just been, I don't know, like, it's just really interesting to, to see, to be able to go a little bit deeper into some of that stuff and to bring it out to point to what I would say human design is pointing to, which is kind of like you know, a greater sense of awareness of self-acceptance. You are a unique individual and, you know, love yourself. So those are like really key value points that I try to include in, um, you know, any kind of work that I'm trying to do with social media specifically. Mm. So. so you're also a qualified counselor, a psychologist. Um, so having human design as a part of you, you personally, has it just amplified it a lot more? Like, do you use both of these modalities together? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So like already in like the counseling process, I knew that it was, 
you know, listening to a client and bringing out about a level of awareness in, in them to help them come to like their own conclusions and realize some of their things. You know, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, giving advice because it's not about me, what I say. It's your life. It's about what you say. And taking in, like understanding the reflector and understanding that, you know, being in an environment with another person and taking it in their, um, you know, their aura, sampling their aura or their definition and kind of like, you know, those phenomena, the mechanics that are happening. Um, it really does help me see now, like, uh, I would say like a greater sense of awareness. So if somebody's like coming in and they could be like beating around the bush or it's more of like, I'm not necessarily kind of listening to what they're saying. I'm also, if it's in person feeling, you know, what kind of could be coming up as well. So using human design, definitely. And just understanding, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is kind of like what I'm feeling and being like, you know, this empath, um, I can also use that, what I'm feeling to promote a level of awareness or to help guide, you know, my client as well. So I think it marries very nicely together. You know, it's yeah. definitely um, a unique process, but it's an, an effective process. So that's something that, um, yeah, I feel like it, it just, it helps, you know. Fantastic. Now you're also a mummy, a mom, sorry, <laughs> the, the yeah. M-U-M and the M-O-M to two yeah. generator boys. And how old are they, may I ask? Like, did you, were you um, a mum before you found human design or were you the opposite? So I have two boys. They are 11 and 13. Oh. So I definitely, you know, I had them before um, I stumbled upon human design. But looking back, when I first had my son, like I was in the military, so I was in the Navy and it was so different. Um, he's a manifesting generator. And soon as like he was born, I'm like, okay, something is different. Like I could feel his aura. I felt his definition, like constantly being around somebody with like a defined ego center, a defined G center, a defined sacral center. I'm like, these were powerful energies that I just could not, you know, like put my finger on. I'm like, what, what is it like being around my son? That's like so different that like motivates me because, you know, my youngest is also a generator. So when they're around, I mean, I'm getting the dishes done. I'm cleaning the house. I'm getting everything done on my short list because I'm picking up that sacral energy. It's wonderful. I love it. Um, you know, as long as I'm not exhausting myself, but it, it was really interesting because it, when he was born, it kind of like threw me into like this. That's when I first really began taking self-discovery seriously, just because not that I was being a mom, but it was like, I, I felt something, but I had no idea what it was, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I kind of have that context, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting having two generator boys. Most of my family early on were like generators. So I come from like a generator and not self generator family. So, you know, that's kind of like some issues because they just kind of label me as weird. So I don't really have anybody like, <laughs> like close to me to talk to you about human design and being a reflector, but the thing about the generators and that sacral energy, it's like, it's powerful. And I really wish that like every generator would know like what such a gift that is to just have that constantly defined, you know, but then again, of course, they're like so much energy where it's just like settle down, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. <laughs> and how does the, how does the manifesting generator and the generator get on in that capacity? Do you, do you really notice the manifesting generator energy a lot more than the generator energy? I do. I do. So that, that's definitely something that like I've seen before in like some human design forums and groups are like, what's the difference between a generator and a manifesting generator? And me as a reflector, I can tell there's a difference. There's definitely a difference between the manifester and the generator. And 
Um, it is the man, my manifesting like generator son, he does have the energy of it. He has that energy of like, you know, wanting to manifest of wanting to be bold of wanting to be out there to be, you know, seen. And then, you know, my youngest, my generator son, like he still has that energy, but it's more of like, um, it's, it's, I'm gonna say like more calming, but it, I'd say it's more of, I don't know if he's just in tune with it, but it's definitely different. It's not as I would say intense sometimes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely that difference. Yeah, I have a manifesting ego at manifesting generator son. He's uh he's nearly five. So it's it's a whole new ball game for me to be around that right. energy. Um and yeah. I'm glad, well, in a way, I guess you would be in the same boat. You've kind of knew something was quite different about them, or you could feel that aura, that energy. And then finding human design, you would have did you start looking at ways to parent differently and relating to them differently? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when, um, of course, like whenever I realized like, okay, I'm a reflector, I learned a little bit more about myself, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let me get my son's, you know, my, my son's chart. And it, it really, one of the interesting things, like the whole sacral sounds. And, um, I did find myself of like telling them enunciate, tell me yes or no, instead of, you know, letting them go, uh, uh, or uh, uh. Um, so that is something that like, I, I just stopped doing. And then they, they speak from their sacral sounds. Um, and then teaching them to, you know, to respond, which I know is harder for my manifesting generator son than it is my generator son. You know, he, he'll be, he's fine, you know, with like, like, okay, somebody comes to me, then, you know, um, you know, proceed. But with the manifesting generator son, sometimes I got to say, well, let's, let's take a step back here. Maybe we don't really need to move forward with this, forward with this. And one of the hugest things that, you know, I'm teaching them is trust your initial gut response. You know, I don't second question them. If I ask them something, they say, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, they don't really say yes or no, but their initial like gut response, that's what I go by. You know what I mean? I'm not like, because for me, like, it's completely different. Like I'll think about something over and over and over again before I, you know, we got to wait a decision. So it's, that's not easy for me to do, but, you know, I do promote that in them to trust their gut response and, you know, to honor their, um, their definition as well. Cause they have defined G centers, um, and, you know, that defined sacral center. And I mean, my youngest, his definitions a little bit more, his like defined centers, which is interesting because he feels more calm. So, um, I don't know if that could be it, but yeah, so those are it, it definitely like looking into it and also their like their incarnation cross. I do look into that too. Um, and then seeing what kind of definitions are defined in them that they could, you know, like draw upon or see, okay, well, what's going to be like their trajectory of their life? Like how much of it do a, I need to take in part of it to, you know, like to effective parently, you know what I mean? Just to make sure that I'm not trying to condition them you know because of I don't even know whatever reason you know because my own conditioning so I, I really wanted to you know stop that as much as I could without having to be like so like forceful in there so I'm just kind of mindful of saying okay well you know this is their strategy to do this and, and so forth so I just kind of honor that and teach them that hey maybe you should you know do x y and z so yeah it's fascinating being a parent in human design and honouring their strategy, honouring our own strategy, as well as letting them or teaching them how to honour your own and you also learning from them because it's something that we're not taught 
at first, you know, like when we find out we're reflectors, we're very much about us and we're very much like, okay, and we do look at our family, but I'm still learning, for example, how to teach my son how to inform because I don't know how to do that. So I find that, you know, these, these things I've got to learn myself of going, you need to, like I said to him this morning, because he was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I just sort of said to him, I know you like to move really fast and I'm sorry that I'm in your way, but sometimes you need to slow down for me. And, you know, just teaching him as well that I'm not always going to keep up, be able to keep up with him. Um, okay. I think that's important. I think that they need to, there needs to be a line there between that. But he doesn't give me those grunts because he's obviously, he's got that defined ego center. So I notice he's got that emotional wave um, and he'll say things like, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my niece is a pure generator. <laughs> and I actually caught myself the other day when you, you're speaking about conditioning and uh, she was, she's two in a bit and she, she, um, she gives a lot of grunts and I know she can speak. And I caught myself saying to her, Riley, can you use your words? And I thought, don't say that. Just let her grunt, like let her grunt because you can ask her, do you want this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good because of that sacral. Yeah. It's just so good. Right. It's like I know everything, whereas the manifesting generators, it's a little bit harder to get the, the, the uh-huh and the mm -hmm. mm -mm. <laughs> So, yes, I think it is really right. important right. for us to teach each other or teach reflectors to teach mums, reflector mums, I guess, to, to learn from our, from our friends of how to... Mm -hmm like we're providing this service of saying, hey, well, we're reflectors. We can help you with your reflector child, but also can you help us learn about manifesting generators? And because, you know, they are a little bit different, a little bit trickier. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I always make sure too, that they are exhausted when they go to bed too, you know, like make sure that they get all of that energy out, whether it's like, okay, we're going to go out to the park. We're going to go outside and play, go run on the treadmill, like do whatever you have to do. So that's also something that, you know, I always am like an advocate for is to, you know, you get your energy out, you know, even if like, I don't have it because I always don't, you know, but um, I know how important it is for them to just, you know, to move <laughs> a lot and get all the energy out, especially at the end of the day. And so. before human design, did you intuitively do that anyway or were you pretty much like I was, you know, okay, it's bedtime now, off you go and wondering why it was just constant fight and now you go, oh, mm -hmm. makes sense. Right, exactly. So, no, honestly, like I think growing up, a lot of my conditioning um, is like early on in their childhood, like before I even come across human design, I did notice that some of my conditioning, I was using that in parenting and that was one of them where, you know, me having a military background, I like the structure, I like the, you know, this, we're doing this at this time, and then it's this time. And, you know, they've always had like a set bedtime anyway. And, you know, and then kind of like this routine that I wanted to get them in, because that's what I like. And there was a fight sometimes where they're just like, I'm not tired. And then, you know, sometimes it's like screaming matches. And I'm like, I like, you know, why? Like, I don't understand. And then, you know, looking back, it's like, well, you know, they probably didn't have you know, enough space to like, you know, go and run. And I think it was something early on that I didn't when they were younger, where I was just like, okay, well, if they're freely playing, that that was like enough, or it could be enough. And, you know, it really didn't register that well, maybe they needed a little bit more, maybe they need to, you know, not go to bed at eight o'clock, you know, if they're not tired, you know, according to, you know, human design and their strategy, then you're not really meant to be put to bed. But in my mind, I'm thinking, 
oh my God, if they go to bed at midnight, they're not going to be able to wake up and then it's going to throw off the next day. So Mm -hmm. I was already like thinking ahead and then, yeah, it was just power struggles and unnecessary fights that thankfully, you know, they don't happen anymore. Like I can't, that was like when they were younger Yeah. now, you know, like parenting them, I think with this greater awareness of who they are as generators and me as a reflector, there's definitely been a lot of just tension that is just kind of eased. I honor their design. And then I can speak to them and saying, you know, mom's just tired today. You know, I don't really like doing this or give me some time to, you know, think about this before I make a decision, give me some space. So that way, you know, I can digest some of this stuff. And they have been like really, really good with, you know, allowing me to operate according to my design. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I can, you know, give that to them and set up their life to where, you know, they are honoring their own design, even though they technically don't know. I did tell them my manifesting generator summit, what is like really, really smart. And he's into astrology, like maybe like a little bit. So I told him, I'm like, you know, you're a manifesting generator. This is because he watches some of my videos on YouTube. Um, I tried to pull him into a little bit to see if maybe he'd be interested, but not so much. I think it's just too far out there to where it's just not cool. It's not fun. It's weird. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you that if you'd actually started to, uh, you know, get them on board, get them into the cult, so to speak. I do, (laughs) I do use the language a lot around um, our children, especially the two younger ones, the two older ones. Um, Yeah. It's completely different, but I do use, cause I've got a projector, um, a projector daughter. So I really try and she's six and I feel that this is a really good time for her to hear this language so she can not get as bitter (laughs) and not lash out. But the, you know, I just try to use the language as much as I can without overwhelming them with you are this or putting them in a box, you know, because Mm. I I kind of believe I really do love human design and I, it's been probably one of the most enlightening things that I've learned so far to date um, but I also know that it's just another tool in the toolbox. So I don't try and lump them in and say, just because you are this, you have to do it this way. So it's more about you experiment as you go through, but this is the language I'm going to use. So I hope it sticks somehow. But as you say, who knows? Right. I know that like, um, yeah, when like uh, in human design, and I really want, you know, I have seen I don't want it to be like another a teaching or something that would like where people look at it as like another religion or like another cult and using it as just kind of like, okay, well, this says this, then this is what it means. Um, because even though there is some interpretation with like some of the 64 gates, you know, there are other interpretations of the I Ching. And it's not that like, say gate one, you know, of, um, you know, being like creatives going to change, but there could be other systems. So there are that teaches like the I Ching that kind of like expand upon that. So there is room for human design to grow. And I would, you know, I mean, I'm in it for, I would say as well, who knows, who knows when, right. I don't know, maybe a planet shifts or something like that. But as far as like now, you know, I I really don't want somebody to like get into human design and then like stay stuck in it. You know, it's like you can brought out and, you know, use other different tools or whatever is like aligned to you. Like me, I stopped following transits completely in design. Um, First, like in the beginning when I did it, it was like driving me crazy because um, I had the opportunity every like summer, my children go with their father. So I have a couple months of where it's just kind of like free time for me. You know, I'm not married or anything and I don't have any much more responsibilities outside of work. So um, when I first stumbled upon human design, I was like, okay, I'm going to track the moon. And I remember like for 
I did it for a whole month and I didn't just to kind of see what my cycle was. You know, I really wanted to see what that was. And um, it, I remember the days I would sit there, I would go into Jovian Archive just now and I would watch and I would wait for that moon to change lines to see if it really was like that subtle, if I noticed any kind of difference. And then after a while, I just realized that I was going crazy. Like I was just driving myself mad, trying to find and track this moon consistently. Um, so now I, I use Vedic system, which is a, a following the moon during like 27 different positions rather than 64 plus the six lines because it was yeah. just it was crazy I was going yeah. mad but you know there there was some interesting and enlightening things you know what I mean to that I know it's like within myself of the shifting energies but consistently tracking it like it was like I I, I have to broaden out like I cannot only just focus on human design if I wanted to necessarily grow you know what I mean so. Yeah, and that's come out so much in just talking with um, with fellow reflectors, being in your group, being in other groups. It's the first thing generally that comes out. How do I track the moon? I'm supposed to watch the moon. And what am I? I'm a reflector. Am I reflecting all this stuff? And I think when people first find out they're reflectors, they really just think, oh, they're telling me I'm a mirror. So is anything me or is am I just all reflecting everything? <laughs> and it's, 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 um, and, and you know, I, I remember being that person of thinking, oh, where does that mean I'm not anything, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about tracking. Um, my first month when I tracked, I had my little chart and I was watching it all go through. So I knew that, you know, if this was at 2 a.m. or this was at 5 a.m. And I'd think, hmm, do I feel anything like I drop into that meditative state? And then on the second month, I decided to do it differently. I decided just to journal how I was feeling when I'd feel like a bit aggressive or when I'd feel a little bit sad or something, and I'd just write it down. And then I went back by the end of that 20, 28 days and I looked what had happened and I started to see a little bit of a trend and that was with the planetary transits. So now I'm kind of, I know, when I when I go but I've then tried to experiment again hello one look at me nerd um, with using energies in advance so if I see that something's coming up and I know that I can probably pull from it I go right that might be a really good day for me and I'm still experimenting with that right now I can't really see anything there's no, nothing groundbreaking there but I kind of hoped there might have been, but I haven't found anything really yet that just says, oh, on this day, all of this is going to be in a line. And that's the day maybe I can just go bang and get a whole heap of stuff done. Hasn't worked yet. Still getting there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now that's sometimes I, um, you know, when I'm noticing where I just like have a lot of energy that day, or I know that they're, you know, um, you know, I'm not having coffee. Like I'm not relying on energy drinks or anything like that to get stuff done. But if I feel like that for being defined based upon the transits, you know, sometimes I do push myself. I'm thinking to myself like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to have this energy tomorrow. I'm not going to have this in a couple of days from now. Let me plan out what I can do. And then, you know, use it while I have it, because I know it's just, it's not always going to be there. And, you know, it's something that is, unfortunate like if you're like stumbling upon it first because it's not something that you really want to hear it's really hard to you know organize your life you know around the moon you know or you know your cycle so it definitely was you know disheartening first but after like following my strategy like you said and monitoring it after it already happened like looking back at it and saying okay well I know that certain things are going to come up like every single month like I know I'm not always studying human design but I know that when it does pop like, I know in my moon, my cycle, I'm going to be digging deeper into it and trying to understand it more. Or sometimes I, I want to write, or sometimes I want to do this, and sometimes I want to do that. So 
as I'm learning more and like, you know, practicing with my strategy and understanding myself, it is easier to, um, you know, mold my life, mold my schedule, mold my work schedule, you know, around, you know, my cycle. So, um, and reflectors watching this, it is possible, you know, I know it seems like disheartening at first, like, how am I going to do this? I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's kind of interesting how it just naturally, you know, unfolds just simply based upon, you know, the awareness of yourself and knowing that the transits are temporary. What you're feeling is temporary and, you know, every day is a new day. Yeah. I love that. And just getting back to what you were saying there before about being in the Navy uh, and look, I'm sure there's plenty of other reflectors that have been in the forces as well, but how was that for you? Did you, did you struggle being that, having to be that regimented and that disciplined and go, go, go? Like, do you feel that, did you get burnt out at all by having that lifestyle? Yes. Um, and no, I mean, yes, I did like definitely. Yes. Like there's just, I think no matter what your type is, no matter what your definition is, you know, they're, they're going to push you to the point of where you're exhausted. Like that's just what you do in the military. Mm-hmm. And this was back in operation Iraqi freedom. So I did do some tours like overseas and it was different that, um, I joined when I was like 21, like 30, 37 now. So there was some excitement already. I love to travel. I love connecting with people from different cultures and, you know, just different walks of life. So that was kind of like fuel. It was very exciting. Um, and the quarters were so close that it was never where I, I didn't have any kind of um, like alone time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was always in somebody else's aura. And I honestly think that even though that was conditioning me, it really did carry me through a lot because it was kind of like where I could disappear, but everybody else is kind of like doing the same thing. And it was nice to kind of have this place. So I didn't really have to focus so much on myself. I just had to focus on where I needed to be, what I needed to do, you know, and get my tasks done for, you know, um, you know, it was, I mean, I personally, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, It's what, you know, supports my lifestyle now. Um, I wasn't able to, well, I mean, I like, to continue career-wise, you know, I'm medically retired now, but um, it's definitely something that I feel karmically tied to, of like my own country, of like you know, fighting for the kind of like fighting for a war or something like that. It was definitely an experience that I don't take for granted. So, yeah, yeah thank you, thank you for sharing that. I was just curious as to how that kind of must have felt, I suppose, to sort of be, but as you say, yeah, motivated you to keep going. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really like, um, like I said, I mean, I was young, I was already conditioned anyway, and and I I wanted to just travel the world and, um, you know, I got to meet a lot of interesting people, but but it was really back on it now, a lot of my motivations and like what I did was just from the definition of other people and the conditioning. So it's like, it was easy, I would say in a sense to where um, I could just kind of surrender to it and then you know, do what I needed to do. But if I were in it now, you know, I, I wouldn't, it would be like completely different because there's no way I would want to be, you know, constantly sleeping in somebody else's aura and picking up on all their stuff and, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. So you are very seasoned when it comes to welcoming new reflectors into the fold. <laughs> Thank you for that. And you do provide a lot of resources for new reflectors. Thank you for that. But what are just some of the, the simple tips and tricks that you could give a new reflector First finding out, I found out I'm a reflector. What's the first piece of advice you could give to them? Yeah, so the first advice I would give to any reflector that found out there was a, a reflector is to just 
breathe and that it is going to, it's a process, right? It's a process. It's overwhelming. And within time in, you know, just understanding that you are a reflector is pretty much like a big deal anyway, because even if we're looking at human design and, um, you know, a lot of reflectors really don't have that opportunity. They don't really have that privilege to understand that they are a reflector, whether you're dealing with your strategy or you're experimenting with your strategy um, or not, just knowing that your reflector is enough right now, you know, and I would say that to just like I said, you know, breathe, but also, you know, understand that it, it's, it is a process, but it will get better. Like over time, it, it's, it is going to be overwhelming at first. Like it just naturally is because until you're able to get really a grip on like your cycle and understand these shifting energies, then things in your life, it will just naturally play out better because then you're not chasing a temporary definition because if you're chasing a temporary definition then you're going to realize that that's not going to come to fruition that's not going to manifest or that's not even going to sustain itself because it was built upon you know something that was temporary and you know like and i would tell um new reflectors to you know honor to slow down you know definitely slow down don't feel Mm -hmm. like you have to do all of these different things don't have all this prod all these projects like this and this and this and that because you know one you're going to burn yourself out And you just can't, I don't think anybody can, regardless of your definition, but it's so much easier for a reflector to feel that definition of spark. Like, oh my God, this is a really great idea. I want to go and do it. And then, you know, it's just, it's gone. So that's right. That's the motivation. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think there's that. And then also just some hope because there is hope. Having experiment with human design, knowing human design, and even though I feel like I'm still a newbie at it and only being like five years in, I can tell you that I started to see results in my life in the first year. You know, I was able to focus, like I said, on myself, and then the opportunities for work came to me, you know, because that's a big thing with reflectors too. Like we're wide open. So everything, you know, is going to come to us. And that's like really, really hard when we're like, well, I need money. I need this. I need that. And it's just natural and culture to just go out and you know and grab these things. But I mean, it's, it's really interesting how it plays out that things do come to you, you know, the things that you do need and, you know, work opportunities yeah. or, you know, different ideas on ways to mold your schedule around, you know, something that works for you. Yeah. So definitely. it does take time. I think Thank it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is a big deal. And one last question I've got for you. You found out you're a reflector and you're a mum. What is your best tips and tricks to deal with that? Yeah. So I would say the best tips and tri- tricks for me personally, if you can experiment with sleeping alone, you know, try not to sleep in your child's aura or even, you know, your spouse, your mate, whoever you're with and their aura as well really experiment with sleeping alone because that's going to be really, really big, especially if you're in the deconditioning process, which is seven years. So it definitely does. When you're able to get good quality sleep, you're able to, you know, it definitely affects your awareness. So that is definitely something um, I would recommend. And also focus on yourself as well. Make sure you are getting that alone time. And if you can be in nature, that's great. Uh, Reflectors love nature. I haven't met a reflector that doesn't enjoy a natural landscape over, you know, something man-made. So that is in human design, that is something that grounds us. So I would say, you know, go out into nature or a natural landscape um, and really kind of connect with natural beauty. That's going to be something that's really big as well. And, you know, if you're a reflector and you're a parent, um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I seen something on Facebook of just how much of a blessing it is to 
have one like a, a reflector, but a reflector that knows they're a reflector actually in your family and able to reflect back to specifically, you know, like generators and, you know, other types as well. But in that process, it really is doing so much more and raising conscious kids than what we actually like are aware of. Like, I know that me just knowing that I am a reflector is enough to increase the awareness of my kids. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it plays out that way. You know, this is what is written in human design. It's what I read. So, you know, it really is like a treasure, you know, to have a, a reflector parent from, you know, like I said, what I recently read and being able to reflect that back. So, um, you know, I think that that's also just, you know, something that's absolutely wonderful and um yeah learn about your children's design and then you know help them to follow their strategy because by the time that they're adults you know raising conscious kids or just kids that are just more naturally aware you're already setting them up for success yeah absolutely thank you that is so so true Desiree how can we find you tell us about what you're doing what's your what are you doing with the inspired human yeah so it's um, I changed it to, you can always find me inspiredhumandesign.com. That's kind of where I do all of my works on like human design, or if I'm just writing something about it because I love to write, that's where I would put it in human, inspiredhumandesign.com. You can also find me on YouTube, um, Inspired Human or Inspired Human Design. I'm not sure about the name yet. It goes back and forth. And then of course, there is the Inspiring Reflectors Facebook group, which is really, you know, just an interesting, I'd say just in there for me, but for all the other reflectors too. There's like other reflectors that are not only sharing their life story, but they're sharing their resources as well. So it's like a one-stop shop. If you just find out you're a reflector, it's Brian Reflectors Facebook group because you're going to get the information that you need. You're going to get a really awesome. So nothing is like too weird. So if you're feeling like, you know, some anxiety or not really sure how to navigate, just finding out your reflector. I would recommend the Inspiring Reflectors Facebook group. It wasn't actually my idea. It was my audience and my followers idea to create it. So um, yeah, I, I did. It's always been everything that I do for reflectors has been audience driven. You know what I mean? It's yeah. been them that's been fueling, you know, wanting to have more resources or wanting to understand something. So that's well, that. So inspiredhumandesign.com. <laughs> thank you. Just um, yeah. can I just say thank you so very much for for doing the work that you've done over the last four to five years and for helping us because it's been invaluable. I think everybody who helps each other like this, it's just invaluable and it's, we do it out of love because sure. we've been there. We've been there and we know how it feels. So again, thank you. And I'm sure everybody else right. thanks you as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And did you want to talk about any of the offerings that you're off doing in 2022? Um, yeah. So in 2022, I know a lot of people have been asking like, when am I going to, I, did do readings before I'm going to be opening that up um, readings or it may be more of kind of like a consultation because um, I don't want to strictly uh, just do human design. I kind of want to open up for intuitive readings as well. And then also bringing in a little bit more of my professional background, which um, I think would be of value. So inspiredhumandesign.com and 2022, I will be opening up the consultations and the readings again. And um, yeah, you can always find me there. Thank you so very much. And thank you so very much for your time today. I really yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. This was fun. And we'll talk thank to you, you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Well,